Hi everyone and welcome to eTalmud 2.0. We are today going to do Chagiga 26a, Chaf Vav Amud Aleph. Um, just opening up to it. Um, please excuse me. Um, all right, and we'll basically we're going to start from the um, from the Mishnah on the bottom of Chaf Hey Amud Beis 25b. And what we're going to look at is another case in which the law of Truma is more stringent than the law of Kodesh. So, from the town of Modi'im and inwards, meaning from Modi'im towards Jerusalem, and Am Haaretz is trusted regarding the purity status of earthenware vessels, um, and from Modi'im and outwards, meaning away from Jerusalem, then Am Haaretz is not trusted on the purity status of earthenware vessels. Ketzad. Now, how does this work exactly? Hakadar shuhu mocher hakaderos. If you have the potter who is selling the pots, nichnas lefnim in hamodim, if he enters inward of modim, uh, meaning um, from modim and inwards to Jerusalem, hu hakadar vehin hakaderos vehin alochim. So then this potter, regarding the pots that he made, um, and by the specific purchasers that purchase from him, Ne'eman, are going to be trusted regarding the purity status of those pots. Um, and what does that mean, the purchasers? It means the very purchasers who observed him entering with his pots into this area, them, that, um, they, will, uh, they can believe him regarding the purity status of these pots, Yatsa. But if he left Modi'im, and now he's heading away from Jerusalem, Enoneman, he is not trusted. So that's the idea here. Um, okay, so now let's see the Gemara, and we'll end up explaining everything as we go through it. So what was very clear was there's this city called Modi'im, and then there's an area when you go inwards from Modi'im to Jerusalem, and then there's obviously outwards, which is Modi'im away from Jerusalem. So now we're going to talk about what the status of Modi'im itself is. Tanya, Tana, um, the Brisa taught, Modi'im, regarding to Modi'im itself, Pa'amim Kilifnim, Pa'amim Kilachot. Sometimes it's considered as inwards of Modi'im, and therefore the Amha'aretz is trusted. And sometimes it's outwards, considered outward of Modi'im, and therefore the Amha'aretz regarding earthworm vessels will not be trusted. Ketzat, so how is this so? Kadar Yotze V'chavar Nichnas. If the potter is leaving the inward area, um, and the chaver is entering Modi'im from the outside, and they meet in Modi'im, kilifnim. Then the city itself, the city of Modi'im itself, is considered part of the inward area, and therefore the Amha'aretz will be trusted. Shneham nichnasin. However, if both of them are entering the town from outside, meaning coming from further away from Jerusalem, o shneham yotzim, or if both of them are leaving the inward area, Towards the town, Kulachutz, then the town is considered in um, an outward area. And the Amha'aretz, therefore, in those scenarios will not be believed. And the idea is, is that in both of those scenarios, um, the, the Chaver can delay his purchase. So when they are both entering Modi'im from outside, in that case, um, both he and the potter will soon be 
inward of the town, and they could just delay the purchase until they're inward of the town of Modi'im. And when they're both leaving the inward area for Modi'im, the Chaber cannot purchase, because he should have purchased them when they were both together inward of Modi'im. So since he didn't bother to do this so then, he's not allowed to do so now. Amr Abaye, now we're going to bring a proof for this distinction. Amr Abaye, Abaye said, Af ana nami tanino, we've also learned this in our Mishnah. Because the Mishnah first said, The potter who sold the pots, if he entered inward of Modi'im, then he's allowed to be trusted. The implication then is that he's trusted because he's inward of Modi'im. He's past Modi'im towards Jerusalem. The inference is, is if, it was, if he was in Modi'im itself, he would not be believed. But then we go to the second part of the Mishnah. Yatsa Enoneman that says that if he left Modi'im he is not be- believed, which the implication is is that if he's still in Modi'im then he is trusted. Hamodi'im Gufa Neman, but if he's in Modi'im itself he is trusted. So what's so how do we reconcile these inferences? Elalav Shmamina. Rather it must be that we learn from here. Kam bekader yotze bechaver nichnas, kam beshneham yotzim oshneham nichnasin. Here in the second case. Um, the Mishnah must be referring to a case where the potter is leaving the inward area for the town of Modi'im and the Chaver is entering the town from the outside and therefore the Amharits will be believed. Whereas the, the first inference of the Mishnah, which made it seem like he's not believed in Modi'im itself, that's when they are both leaving the inward area or both entering from the outside. And that's how we could reconcile the two inferences from the Mishnah. Shmamina and the, the Gemara agrees that that's that's a good proof, and we D can learn the final law from there. Okay, so now we're um, gonna talk about this idea of being believed from Modi'im and inwards. Tana, we learned in a brisa. They're trusted regarding the purity status of small earthenware vessels that are going to be used for kodesh. The, um, the basic idea is, is that they're not going to be believed regarding large vessels or small vessels for truma. This permit um, of, of small earthenware vessels applies only to vessels that can be carried with one hand. For Biochanan says, Even to those that cannot be carried with one hand, but that are still considered smaller um, types of earthenware vessels, as long as it's more conveniently sized for the cooking of sacrificial food. Um, another dispute, Amrish Lakish. Rish Lakish says, The rabbis taught their law that he's going to be believed in Modi'im or around Modi'im only regarding empty vessels, of a Malayan low, but not regarding vessels that are full of. Um, Non-Kodish liquid. For Rabbi Yochanan says, "Afil Malayim, no, he'll be believed regarding the vessels, even if they're full. Vafilo apikarsusolosocho, even if his garment is inside the vessel. Um, we rabbinically, the garment of an Am Haaretz is assumed to be contaminated with tuma, and which would therefore contaminate any vessel in which it's found. But Rabbi Yochanan is saying that even if it has the garment of the Am Haaretz inside the vessel, we still suspend." The idea of not believing the Amharitz um, 
as long as he is in this area around Modi'im. The Amar Rava and Rava said, "Umoda Rabbi Yochanan b'Mashkin Atzmon Shehin Tmein." Rabbi Yochanan says, though, that even though we say that if the vessel is full of liquid, um, we believe the Amharitz regarding the vessel itself. Um, that's only the vessel itself, not the liquid that is inside of it. The Altisma. Now, don't wonder, don't be shocked at this seeming inconsistency that the liquid's not going to be tum ta we will not believe that the liquid's going to be pure but we're going to believe that the earthenware vessel is pure shahare lugin mali mashkin because behold in the case of a of a um, flask filled with liquid which is they were referring to a very specific case where you have a corpse on the first floor of the of the house and then there's a hole in the floor or in the ceiling of the first floor, so meaning there's a hole in the second floor, um, floor, in the floor of the second floor, um, or story, and the corpse Tuma would be able to get through that second, would be able to get to the second floor through that hole. Now you've stopped up that hole using an earthenware vessel. So what we're going to say is, is lug into man Tuma Shiva, the flask itself is tame with seven-day corpse tuma by rabbinic decree, umashkin tahorim, but the liquid is still going to be tahar. So the status of the flask and the liquid need not be the same when we're dealing with rabbinic decrees. Okay, that's the end of that discussion, and now we're going to go on to our next Mishnah. Um, still, we're going to be talking about stringencies of truma over kodesh. Hagabayin shenich if you have tax agents who come into a house, and we're talking about Jews who are acting as tax collectors for a non-Jewish king. And so too, thieves who return earthenware vessels that they stole, they're all believed to say that we did not touch. And what the point of the mission here is that we trust them with regard to Kodesh, but not with regard to Truma. But we can basically trust regarding Kodesh when they say that we did not touch certain vessels. Okay. And therefore we don't have to assume that they're tummy. And in Jerusalem, in Amha'aretz is trusted regarding the purity status of Kodesh, but not Truma. And if it's during a festival, Afal HaTshuma, then they're going to be trusted even regarding the purity status of truma. Okay. Now, what we're going to look at now is this idea that the tax agents, we believe them when they say that they did not touch vessels in the house. Uraminhi. But now, let's ask a question on this from the following Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Hagabayin habayis. If the tax agents entered into the house, habayis kulotame. The home is, all the contents of the house are automatically tummy because we assume they handled everything in the house. So we see that they're not believed to say that we didn't handle something. So how do we reconcile these two Mishnahs? So we say, Lokasha, it's not a question. This case, the Mishnah that says that they're not believed regarding anything, that's when they had somebody that wasn't Jewish together with them during the search. And our Mishnah, which says that they are believed, is when they did not have a non-Jew with them during the search. Ditan, because we learned in a Mishnah, 
if there's a non-Jew with them, then they are trusted to say, we have not entered the house, but they are not trusted to say, we have entered, but we have not touched. Now we're going to ask, now if there's a non-Jew with them, why does it change it? Why does that make any sort of difference? Why does that make it that we can no longer trust their claim? So Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Lazar gave their own answer to this question. One said that if the non-Jew is with them, then the fear of the non-Jew is upon them. So in other words, the Jewish tax agents will fear that, um, that the non-Jew will punish them if they don't search the premises thoroughly, which means that they have to touch everything, which means they're not going to be believed if they say that they didn't touch something. And the other one felt that it's not so much that they're fearful of this non-Jew that's with them, but they're afraid of the monarchy. And they're afraid that if they don't search the house completely and thoroughly, then the non-Jew that's with them will um, report them to the king. So therefore they do a thorough search, and that's why they're not believed if they have a non-Jew with them. My who now is there a practical difference between these two opinions? What is the practical difference between these two opinions? So the answer is, is The practical difference is when the non-Jew is with them is not a um, prestigious or significant person. So that person could still report on them to the king, but they wouldn't be afraid that he himself would punish them. Okay, now we're going to go on to the next case, uh, the next um, analysis of our Mishnah that goes like this. Um, Ubish... Sorry. Yeah. And when also when it comes to the thieves who returned the earthenware vessels they stole, we believe them um, to say that they did not become impure. Uriminhi. Okay, Uriminhi. Now let's ask a question on this from the following Mishnah. If the thieves enter into the house, Enotame. All that is impure is the area where the thieves walked. Because we basically make an assumption that they came into contact with everything in the area. So in other words, we don't believe them to say that something that they walk, an area that they walked through, that they didn't touch and that it's not tummy. Whereas our Mishnah seems to say that we could believe a thief who is returning the articles to say that, oh, I didn't touch this and I didn't touch this and I didn't touch this. So which one is it? So we respond, Amar Pinchas, Kisha So Pinchas, in the name of Rava, said that our Mishnah that says that we do trust the thieves, that they didn't touch something, that's where the thieves repented. Right? They did tshuva, they repented. And since they repented, we believe that they are going to be honest people. And Dekanami, and we can see this from the wording of our Mishnah. Dekatani because the Mishnah specifically referred to a case of thieves that returned the vessels, meaning they did shuva, they did repented, right? But if they, if we're just, if we just happen to know who the thieves are and we ask them, did you touch anything? And they say no, but they, we don't, there's no indication that they repented because they didn't return the articles. In that scenario, we do not believe the thieves. Shrami, now we can learn from there. Okay, next case, and in Jerusalem, the Am Haaretz is trusted regarding Kodesh. Tano, we learned in Abraisa, Ne'emonim al-kli cheres gasin la-kodesh. In Jerusalem, they are trusted regarding 
the tahara of large earthenware vessels that will be used for Kodesh. Um, the Gemara asks, V'kol lama. So we see all of these interesting exemptions. We see all these interesting scenarios as to when we believe in Am Haaretz regarding the purity. And the question is why? Why V'kol Why so much? Why did the rabbis have such a leniency, such a broad leniency, even allowing large earthenware vessels um, to be purchased from Am Haaretz and small ones and Modi'im and so on and so forth? Why were they so um, lenient? So he answers, It's because they, we do not make kilns in Jerusalem. So the idea is, is in Jerusalem, we don't want the smoke from kilns coming and blackening the walls of the holy city. Um, so they were not allowed to have kilns in the city. And therefore, earthenware vessels were in short supply. So in the Jerusalem area, there's basically no choice but to allow people coming who need to store the stuff that they're bringing to Jerusalem um, there's no choice but to permit purchase of these vessels from Amiharitz. Okay? The last part of the Mishnah was, it was Shasa Regal Afalachuma during the festival, and Amiharitz is even re, um, believed regarding the purity status of Chuma. From where do we know this? Amir Bishubin Levi. Bishubin Levi says, the Amar Ka, because the verse says, um, in Shoftim, in Judges, and all the men of Israel gathered to the city like one man. Chaverim, they were friends. But the word chaverim is a reference to the people that are believed regarding purity and impurity. So we see that when the Jews gather in Jerusalem all together, the Torah considers them all to be chaverim, even though even those who we usually would consider in Am Haaretz. Okay, now we're going to do the next Mishnah. Haposeach es chaviso. Um, if a chaver opens his barrel of wine or begins selling a new batch of his dough in Jerusalem on the festival and then some of it remains after the festival Rabbi Huda Omer Yigmar Rabbi Huda says he can finish selling it after the festival and the sages say he is not allowed to finish selling it after the festival because certainly an Am Haaretz, um, Haaretz came in contact with this merchant's material or stuff and even though we I'll trust in Am Haaretz during the festival, as soon as the festival is over, that leniency is suspended, and therefore he cannot continue selling the stuff after the festival. Yosef Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha, Akilo Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha, Rabbi Ami, and Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha were sitting on Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha's porch. Pasach Amar, one opened the discussion and said, So we see that from our Mishnah, that there's a question, can you finish selling it after the festival or not? Um, but even if you say that you're not allowed to finish selling it after the festival, can you save it for the next festival and sell it then? So the other said to him, Everyone's hand is touching it, and yet you're saying that you can set it aside? You have a thought that you can set it aside for the next festival? That cannot be. It's Tameh. Amar lay, but the first one said back to him, But wait a minute, even until now, throughout the entire festival, wasn't everyone's hand touching it? And yet we still allowed the chaver to sell it. So why would should we not permit its sale during the coming festival as well? Amar lay, so the other answered, Now is this really a comparison? It's understandable that until now, the food can be sold during the festival. Tumas am haaretz beregel rachmana tahara, because on the festival, Hashem, the merciful one, the Torah, considered tahor the tuma avan am haaretz. El ahashda 
But the moment that the festival is over, now it is tame. The festival has passed, and the, leni- the, the Torah's leniency is suspended, and now it's tame. And therefore, of course, you're not allowed to sell it the next festival because this stuff is now tame. So we say Neymah tonight. Let's say that this uh, disagreement is really um, a different machlokas tanayim. The tani chada, because one b'raisa taught, regarding food left over from the festival, yani chena l'regel acher. He sets it aside for the next festival. The tani idach, and another b'raisa taught, lo yani chena l'regel acher. He does not set it aside for the next festival. My love, tanai. He, so seemingly, we have a machlokas tanayim. We have a tanaiic dispute as to what the halacha would be. So we say, lo, that's absolutely not the case. Hadikatani yani chena rabbi Yehuda. Because as, as of right now, the way we're understanding this is that there's a machlokis in the Mishnah itself between Rabbi Huda and the sages. Rabbi Huda says, you're not allowed to continue selling this stuff after the festival, and the sages say you are. And then we have a question that within the sages' opinion that you're not allowed to sell after the festival, can you keep it till the next festival to sell? So, and that's what we're, and, and then we're saying that that question is a matter of a dispute um, between two b'raisas. So then we say, no, lo. It's not a matter of dispute between two b'raisas. The first b'raisa, which says that you can set it aside for the next festival, that really is just following the view of Rabbi Yehuda, who allows the food to anyways be sold after the festival. You don't even have to wait till the next festival. And that which the second b'raisa says, that you're not allowed to set it aside for the next festival, that's just saying the view of the Rabbanon. Rabbanon, of the sages, who don't allow it to be sold. But it's not a Tanaic disagreement regarding what the Rabbanon themselves hold. So the Gemara says, but wait a minute, Batisbra, do you really think that the Brisa that permits the food sale at the next festival reflects Rabbi Huda's view? Harabi Huda Yigmar Kamar. Rabbi Huda said that he can finish selling the food after the festival. He doesn't need to wait till the next festival. So how could you tell me that the Brisa that says you save it till the next festival is Rabbi Huda's view? Ella, rather, rather, it must be that, that the second b'risa that says he does not set it aside, meaning he's not allowed to set it aside for the next festival, that follows Rabbi Huda. And the first b'risa, which said he does set it aside for the next festival, that would be following the sages. Now, the second b'risa being the sages, that's readable. That's understandable. The sages said you cannot sell it after the festival. And now the, the second b'risa is telling us you can set it aside for the next festival. And that can, re- that can reconcile. But how do we reconcile the first idea? That the second b'risa that says that you're not allowed to set it aside for the next festival is Rabbi Huda, who says in our Mishnah that you can sell it immediately even right after the festival. So how do we understand that? What does it mean in the Brisa when it says he is not allowed to set it aside for the next festival? It means It means that he's not required to set it aside for the next festival because he can sell it immediately following this festival. And that's how we can say, that's how we can understand the two Brisas. We'll stop here for today.